Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So I'll I'll end with this because you probably have to go. I'm holding you up now. But like, I think about C.S. Lewis. Do you know his story? I do, yeah. So like, you know, when I really dove into Christianity, I I had someone walk through mere Christianity with me. Um, And that book kind of like was way over my head, but I was with a very smart human being and they simplified it for me. And, you know, when you really can teach something, you can teach it to a kindergartner, no matter how complex it is. So when he was teaching me, like it opened up my mind that like over time, this guy was an atheist, similar to Paul killing Christians and his faith like became a generational like phenomenon for people. Like he took a, right. Maybe like a, a pin drop of influence as, you know, a theologist that would, you know, speak on atheism and try to debunk the beliefs. But he was so like curious and he wanted to win so bad, he disproved himself. And that's what we all should be doing about everything. You know, like he went and searched for deeper understanding, deeper meaning. And I think like especially today's society is like how many conversations I've had and someone has views of something and I'm like, well, have you ever been in that situation? Right. And they're like, well, no. I'm like, okay, well, has someone, you know, been in that situation? No. And it's amazing to me that a lot of times they don't ask me and I'm like, and then they do. I'm like, yeah, I've been in that situation. Yeah. I have a story or two with that. And they're like, really? I didn't know that. And I'm like, yeah, like there's a lot more that goes into it. And there's a lot more you should probably think about because like nothing is black and white. There's a gray area, right? And we have to learn to understand that gray area because we're all different and, you know, life throws us all types of stuff and we just have to figure out a way to react and adjust to what life's throwing at us. But we're not preparing for it anymore. We're always throwing a bandaid on it. And it's, it's, it's my, it's mind boggling. Like it really is like every day I turn on the TV and I'm like, what's happening today? You know, like what are the, what's, what's the argument today? Instead of like, what's the, what's the thing we can like maybe find some clarity on today? No, that's not it. It's just, what's the argument today? Are there checks and balances today? You know, it all starts with what education, right? Like how do, how do we, how do we learn more today to be better for tomorrow? No matter what you do, no matter where you are in life, like you should look for some little like thing that can make you a tick better. Because do you think that like all originated from like you talk about, you know, everything when it comes to whether it's cancel culture, putting band-aids on everything that you think is wrong or deemed just bad. Where do you think that kind of originated from? Because then you saw the ripple effects of everything like, okay, that's bad. Now we can't do this. Now we can't do this. You're almost at a point where you're taking away like freedom of speech in a sense, you know? Um, I think one thing is replacing God. Yeah. I, I think that's, and you know, the one thing that's said in the Bible just about more than anything is money. Right. And the currency back in Jesus's day, like were coins and heavy and like, it wasn't like today where like there's Bitcoin, there's, I don't know, other types of like blockchain type stuff, like and stock markets and all that stuff. So it was a lot different, a lot more trading and bargaining and all that stuff. So I thought it was kind of strange that money 
was when I first became a believer, but it's probably the root of all evil, right? Greed, greed, greed. If it's not money, it's like influence or power. And it's like, when you start looking at like, what benefit is this human being getting for this? And if you see that it's nothing or what are they doing with the influence they have, then you start like understanding a little bit more of like what their purpose is. Like you said earlier on, like get like Martin Luther King, Jackie Robinson, like Jackie Robinson is my favorite player of all time, but like some of the greatest people, Billy Graham, you know, people that you like say, man, how did they do it? Like, how did they like get like bartered and like scrutinized and be so successful? And you look at it, it's like, because they weren't, they didn't have expectations every day of the way people should treat them. They were more worried about how can I love this person today? I'm not worried about me. My, my soul is saved. I'm good. Like, let's go forward and try to bring more people into the kingdom because that's what I'm called to do. So their focus was so narrow on loving and serving and caring that, you know, their agenda as much as they could have fought it, they still put their energy in that one area. Like we were talking about earlier, right? Like, and people are chasing success. Like they want to be Jay-Z without the Jay-Z work ethic and the life behind what he had. Right. Like makes no sense. Yeah. Instead of like, well, cool. You can be Jay-Z, but what if Jay-Z is beating a janitor to me? Yeah. Like don't, don't knock me because like, my dream is different. Like, I just want a simple life, right? And that's okay. That should be success for that person if that's where their success is. My wife said something at a small group one time. She said, everybody's major league isn't the major leagues. Yeah. Everybody's, like, success isn't a CEO. Like, find out where your all-star team is and go join it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's awesome because that's the American dream, Right. Happiness and, above all else, my friend. That, that's oh, it. Yeah. And I would almost say like, um, ha- like sustain, sustain a sustainable happiness mm-hmm. and like maybe like the knowledge of positive choice. So like, you know, one thing that uh, we were listening to church yesterday her pastor said, and he's only, he's 50 years old. And like, you know, you hear those stories about like the paddle, right? Oh, Wrap yeah. it around. They showed it. Well, he was at the time where they would just show it. They wouldn't use it anymore because it was kind of getting weird. But like, like think about where we are now. Right? Like, I mean, the kid got suspended because he had a BB gun on the back of his wall or a Nerf gun or whatever it was. And it went to the Supreme Court this year. Mm-hmm. and it's just like he was in his house like what just happened and what type of trauma did that just do to that kid like does he know what he did wrong did somebody sit down with him like did the people that actually got mad at him and suspended him actually tell him what the issue is did he learn did he grow is he forgiven like what all went into that right and that's that's what i keep thinking about whether you whether the, the thought process was completely genuine, there's more to the story. It doesn't matter. It's what happened. Because that right there is going to have some type of impact, positive, negative, or indifferent, 
on that kid forever and every kid that saw it because they all have their version of that story. But if they don't understand the adults version and why, like the actual why, and if they're not allowed to ask challenging questions to that why, like they're going to grow up with like kind of handcuffs on, right? right. They're going to look at things and be like, well, I guess that's just the way it is. And I just, I just can't stand hearing that anymore. You know, like I, I hear like grand grandparents say that, well, honey, you know, when you get old, that's just the way it goes. I'm like, what do you mean? Like this 75 year old just ha- hiked uh, Kilimanjaro, yeah. right? Like, don't tell me that's the way it goes. Cause you know, like I hope to jump out of a plane at 75. Right. Like, right. That's your perspective. Yeah. Like a body emotion stays in motion. Like, don't put your perspective on my life because I got two different lenses. So, but you should be able to ask anything, right? And we should be able to look into anything. So. Yeah, I, th- I think you either get handcuffed in that situation like you were talking about, or you become so rebellious in that nature that it's almost a bad thing and you get yourself into more trouble than you probably wanted to. True story. True yeah. story. Some of, the, some of the most impactful things in my life, like, when I was a kid was like when they brought in somebody that had been through it and they had a life change. Like I'll never forget, you know, when they brought in, we just have dare. And I don't even know if they do that anymore, but they brought in somebody that was like, like just over like their drug issue. Yeah. And like, you saw like they were, I'd still remember the face, like they were sunken in, they were shaky and they're like, I was a division one basketball player on my way to, and I was like, like just mouth open wide, you know, and like that made it real right then and there. And you could see kids like, like heart shift and a heartbeat. Like, you mean that could actually happen to me? That's not just like something that may happen, but right. the more you hide from it, the more like you think you're invincible. And then that's the worst thing that could happen because you're like, Ooh, well, I can test this a little bit more, a little bit more. That's right. Ooh, well, I can get out of that now because, you know, like that's not a rule anymore. They'll take care of it. It's that's like, right. yeah, but if that's helping them, what are they learning? And, you know, where is that going? Like, I just want to challenge it, like challenge everything. It should be that way, you know? I mean, it's gotten to a point where like there are those set rules that are in stone that you think in your head at least most people growing up they're again trained they're learned to think like that's the rule that's the bar that's the glass ceiling there's no breaking it there's no questioning it and then you grow up to realize like you have certain life experiences you've obviously had the life experiences to know like you can challenge those things like everything in life is like what you make it in a sense like that sounds corny everybody says it but it's true like you you're allowed to go off the cuffs. You're allowed to do whatever you want. You're allowed to challenge everything that's in front of you. There's real, you know, besides, you know, the, the laws that are set in place, obviously, um, you're allowed to challenge everything as long as it's coming from a moral compass, as long as it's coming from like your core value, as long as it's coming from your heart and you're thinking like, okay, like I need to step up and question this. I'll tell you a heart pounding story that if people hear it, I think, it'll open their eyes to actual challenge. So my dad had cancer, esophageal cancer Mm -hmm. five years ago. And like 
that's pretty much a death sentence with yeah. where you have oh, yeah. a, a lymph node outside and pretty much they say like that's when it's over because that floats oh, yeah. especially in the esophagus well we went back to knoxville and like i was rehabbing myself oh actually my wife was helping me rehab and um we were staying at with my grandmother who's we were helping out and letting her stay in our old condo. And I stayed there with Jacqueline for six weeks to help. And we went to all these doctors and different stuff. And the, the certainty that they had with everything they said to us blew my mind. And we were in this one with a surgeon and the, not to be too gruesome, but the surgery that they wanted to do with my dad. And they said, it was no, like he won't live without it. Right. That's where we're at. And they had to do a 16-hour surgery, cut my dad's esophagus out, and pull down what was left and take his stomach and make a new esophagus. But they spent eight hours on the front, flipped over, a new surgeon came in and finished the back. Oh. And my wife, like, I was in awe, right? Here's my dad. My mom was never going to ask a thing, you know, because that's yeah. you know, life she's had. My wife goes, what's the quality of life? after that like she's five foot barely 100 pounds and the doctor just looked at her like you're not supposed to ask that so he answered that and she goes well what's the percentage of like survival after that like how long you know you know what like how far do people get back to normal it's like oh well he'd be on a feeding tube for the rest of his life and you know studies show maybe two to five years is usually life's expectancy. Well, my dad turned 70 yesterday, okay? He didn't have that surgery. Through, you know, power and God-given medicine and questioning a narrative that said he has to do this, he survived a cancer. He wasn't supposed to survive because every sign that he wasn't going to make it because he was in bad shape, he had ton of things going on behind the scenes that I won't get into. And the doctor pretty much said, I'm going to do this surgery because that's what I do. I'm a surgeon and you have no choice. But my little wife asked a question, then asked another question and it saved my dad's life. But if she didn't ask that question and we weren't there, I wouldn't have a dad. And that's the reality. You have to live every single day because every choice has a consequence, good or bad. And the fact that like, because you don't like what somebody says or you want to cancel somebody because a belief you have through your life experiences, knowing nothing about someone else's because there's always two sides. Yeah. And that choice was made in that moment. Good, bad, or ugly. It doesn't matter why. And understand it from their perspective. Like if it's a police shooting, understand it from the police, understand it from the people around understand it from the past, the present, and possibly the future, understand it from the laws that were created in that town, understand what was wrong, what was right. And then like, then you can start to actually talk to somebody about like what the intentions were. Because like, if you don't know all that, you just need to just step back. And if you've never been in that situation, you probably shouldn't say a word. Right. But we haven't created a society like that. We, we've created a society that's like opinion, guilty done oh man six months later he's innocent 
we messed up. Sorry. But how many times are you going to get, get through that? Cause like there are consequences like my dad's where if you mess up, he's not here, you know, and that, that's, that's not okay. Right. And there's a lot of those that happen on a day-to-day basis, especially in the times we're in now that people aren't able to share. They're not able to have a platform like this to get on a podcast and say, Hey, like challenge everything. Cause if you don't, you don't get it back. And those choices are going to be the reflection of your life. And if you allow someone to make all the choices for you, it's not your reflection anymore. Well, that's, I hope a lot of people listen to what you just said, because, you know, especially in that situation, because when it comes to doctors, like that's one of the few professions that people will automatically turn their brains off to be like, oh, they know what they're doing. They're doctors. Like, absolutely. Like if whatever you think is best doc, like not a lot of people would do what your wife did in that situation. Because again, they're, they're professionals. They went through med school. They went through all of this different stuff to become uh, a, a, critically acclaimed and and massive uh, intellectual person that's able to save lives right and you you look at that situation and think yeah your dad gets that surgery um he's not here today or he's artificially here for the next two to five years as opposed to stepping up and being like no we're not going to do this even though you said we had to do it because we think that there's a uh, a different route that we can go down he's still here 70 years old like you mentioned yesterday and you know he's not here in an artificial form i'll, I'll put it that way but like it, it's just and again uh, that's very inspiring to me because like we've been talking about when it comes to questioning everything in life, that is one of those things in life that most people, again, just turn their brains off to. They don't question doctors. Yeah. And like, if you can't question something that doesn't impact them, but it impacts you, what, like, what's like, where are we going? Like, that's terrifying to me. You know, it's like, like a great example is like all the rules right now with COVID, like, it, it, you can't wrap people in a, in a lump sum. Like I can't get straight answers to go do my job. I had COVID. I got over it two weeks ago. And like, so I have antibodies. I asked like, okay, what do I need to do to come to work? Well, I have to quarantine for so many days. I have to have a test, a certain test. Well, the reality of it is I still can test positive up to three to six months. So I asked him, I was like, well, what if I test positive? They're like, oh, well, then you have quarantine for 14 days here. I'm like, but what if I got blood work that shows I have antibodies and not the COVID test? And they were like, you'd still have to quarantine for 14 days. I was like, so you're telling me that I would have to come up there and not get paid and sit in a room for 14 days because I have an actual cure to the COVID virus in my blood. Like, like I, I, I'm not challenging any rule. I'm I'm just trying to understand. I was like, so what, like, what do I, what I, what do I do? Like, can I do blood work and hand it to them and just show them I have antibodies and not COVID? Like I, I'm really confused. Right. So because it impacts everybody at the station, because there's no other analyst, baseball analyst that's going to be there. So it's like, 
but they didn't even think about that impact. And they're like, oh yeah, we would have to have someone else do a test and come in because your replacement's in Atlanta and your other one's in Arizona. And it's like, like, what, like, what are we thinking there? You know, they're, then I said, well, what about the antibodies and like the vaccine? Like, how does that work? And they're like, well, we're probably going to have to make it mandatory. I was like, well, I should tell you, like, I had uh, premature seizures based around a vaccine. And I've had weird things happen over my life, even recently, that they can't explain with different type of medications. So, like, we're doing a lot of research to see which one may not have some of the things I've had issues with. And they're not releasing everything in, so we're calling in some favors. And like, it wasn't okay. Right. I'm like, well, let me tell you something. Like, I have a genetical thing in my blood or in my genetics that I could get cerebral palsy or I could have something from this that you don't even think about because I have a genetical marker. I have it on a piece of paper. You know, like I take a Benadryl and my heart rate goes up. I take oh. a, um, what is it? Adrenaline. My heart rate goes down. That's a rare thing, right? And when you start to tell people, like, my wife's studying epigenetics, and I'm telling you, like, my doctor just did a really expensive genetic test to, like, help me with some of this medicational stuff way before COVID. And he told me, like, I need to look into this pretty deep because there's no way of knowing how it's going to affect you if you don't know what's in it because you're in the last year and a half, you've had some really crazy issues. So, and it's like, dude, like, why, why, why can't I ask questions? What what are we doing? Like we have four different, whatever it is, vaccines. Like, why can't I look for the best one? Just because that's the one you guys have. I'll fly to California to make sure that I don't put my wife through like something terrible, you know, like it's just crazy. Right. It's like, I look about a lot of things, even my knee surgery, I, I had a big knee surgery. Nobody would do it, but three people in the country. Well, I'm glad I did it, right? I flew to California. Everybody else wanted to cut out my meniscus because I tore it in half and said it was, you know, there's no reason to repair it. It won't hold. This guy was like, come on, man, let's go. I flew there the next day, had surgery. I just wanted someone to believe it because I, I believed it. I had faith that it could work. And that I would do, you know, more than humanly possible to try to make it work. But I, I just wanted to have a chance to fail. I didn't want to say it was over. You know, that's yeah. hard. I mean, that's a good example to have, too, because, like, you're in that situation where, like you said, you only have three doctors in the country that are willing to do it. Like, you, you're constantly... That, we re- that, that people reached out to, I should say. Right, that. right, right. right. But, more. But like, in the general sense, like, you have all of these people who are telling you to go one way. But like your belief and your core value on the situation is so deep that you're not going to go that route until everybody in the world has told you to do it. Like there's got to be somebody out there that believes what I believe. And there's got to be somebody out there that is going to tell me like, yeah, you're right. We should do it this way. Right. And, and too, like, just like that, like I wanted that so bad and everything was so fast. And usually like that reactionary answer is one that you're like, well, like, I don't feel any better from that. Like, I want, I want to at least feel comfortable if this is my only option. Like, you, let's answer every question, right? Like, 
because I need to go into this with the mindset that this is the right thing to do because every study in America says your emotions are going to play out through your recovery. So there's a lot of things that go into it. Like even when we got COVID, I told, I remember looking at my wife and said, I feel, I feel like we're vulnerable for the first time for this. Like we weren't sleeping, traveling a bunch and we weren't like around any, anybody really, but we went home for Christmas and came back. No one in our family got it, but we got it. And I was like, yeah, our immune systems had to be shot. You know, my wife got it. I gave it to her. She, she got on to me about that. (laughs) So, yeah. So throughout life, just ask questions. If they don't want to answer, ask someone else. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like again, question everything because the rules that are set in stone aren't necessarily set in stone for the right reasons. I mean, they are on some level, but it's not for everybody. Like you said, in that the situation with your dad and the situation with your knee. Like if you didn't step up, if your wife didn't step up and ask certain questions that most people wouldn't, things would have ended far worse than they actually did. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could go into more stories like that. It's just, it's a wild, wild, wild time. And, you know, what are we going to do about it if we can't learn and can't try to gain some type of knowledge that maybe for everyone will turn into wisdom? Yeah. Because there's no, there's no perfect answer for every human on the planet. Like, because we can't control so many things in this world. And we should start focusing on what we can, like you said earlier, and accepting it and moving forward. So, Well, I definitely hope we could do this again sometime because I definitely would love to pick your brain about certain stuff. I know your schedule is probably going to pick up big time with spring training right around the corner. Are you guys actually um, doing a ton of stuff either down there or just remote? Like it's all up in the air? Uh, we're doing a lot from the studio, which is kind of cool. Like it is cool to see like when – like the world shut down the innovation that happened. Oh yeah. Like how a lot of like guys at the network who were kind of old and stuck in the TV way. Now they're doing stuff on social media. They're more engaged. It's so cool to see like how fast things can shift. So we're doing most of the stuff from the studio, um, even broadcasting the games. Uh, There's, they're taking down three, no four guys for the broadcast. And they all have like either a home there or like a yearly place they rent. So they're staying there. Nobody can come and leave. So um, I'm staying in, in Pittsburgh for now. Um, and I'll do everything from the studio, even when I do some stuff from the booth. So, I mean, it like, takes that you can like interact with guys on a daily basis, but at the same time, like it's cool. Everybody now sees because I feel like Zoom, like this, nobody really knew how to do when it all happened. Like, everybody thought we were going to be handicapped in that sense. Like, oh, God, we have to do everything remotely. But now everybody's realizing how efficient and quick it actually is. And when everybody gets the hang of it, like, we're probably going to use this when things go back to semi-normalcy. Yeah, it's actually been a blessing a little bit for the yeah. guys to open up. You know, like, they, the, the media people have had more opportunity to get to know the players. It sucks for me. So I don't get to go down and play catch exactly. and be in the bullpen and, and like really dive in with those guys in a personal level. But like you get to talk to seven coaches now, right? It's hard to pull one away on a given day. Now, like those guys with the media get to see a different perspective because they're talking to them in their living room, you know, and they're not having to rush home. It's, it's, it, 
there's been some pluses and you know the human elements really important so i can't wait to like be face to face right. and, you know really like feel you know is that like what you mean or is there something going on like you know because you can't really tell sometimes through yeah, yeah you have to feed off that body language sometimes Absolutely. You get that over zoom you know yeah yeah 60 percent of your communication is body language based yeah so, or non-verbals i guess <laughs> crazy it'll it'll change over time if things stay the same or stay the same the the way they are which hopefully they don't but yeah i i, I mean it's getting i think it's getting better like i i go off my mom and dad you know because my mom my my mom's very very vulnerable my dad's cancer survivor and he's 70 and like I can, my, it's funny because my mom's anxiety is going up, but my dad's going way down. So my dad's very in tune what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like he's looking at which vaccine's coming because he's 70. Now he's eligible to get it. Right. And um, so I go kind of off like them. And if my dad seems like he's getting cool about stuff, I, it makes me feel like the world will start to get cool because he'll, he'll pretend like he's not anxious or nervous, but it's so easy to read him, you know, <laughs> especially after the whole cancer thing, because like, yeah. there's a lot of fear there. And, oh yeah. But like, it's, it, it's a, he's turned it into a positive fear because he, he feeds that fear with like as much information as he can. And I think at times it's been good for him, but he seems like, he's like, man, I, I don't even feel like, you know, when I go to the store, I don't even think about it anymore. Like I just go, you know, when I do this, I just go. He has conversations in the neighborhood with people, you know, maskless now. Like, yeah, you would have never done that a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but like, he feels comfortable if they feel comfortable and he respects whatever. Just he's getting to a point where he's like, well, you know, I'm living on borrowed time, so yeah. I feel okay. And I think that's hilarious when he says it. Zero Fs to give. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Zero cares in the world. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Aw, oh, dude. She's totally gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.